Well, when you hear my interview with Monica Reyes, you'll realize what I've known for a while, that she was born to be a pediatric nurse. Her playful nature aligns perfectly with this nursing specialty. She tells us that IV skills are extremely valuable to pediatric nurses, and she shares her heartbreaking experience of losing a patient. We gained insight into her personal story of the challenges of having a daughter with a chronic disease. In the five-minute snippet, Monica shares what she expects to hear when she gets to the pearly gates of heaven. Here is Monica Reyes. You're listening to the Conversing Nurse Podcast. I'm Michelle, your host, and this is where together we explore the nursing profession, one conversation at a time. Well, good morning, Monica. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, you were the person that popped up in my mind immediately when I thought of having a pediatric nurse on because you've been a peds nurse for a long time. We worked together for many years and I just have so much respect for you. You have so much knowledge and you're so much fun, like the kids, the parents, the doctors, the nurses, everybody just loves you. Oh, you're sweet. It's all true. (laughs) You know that I like to just jump in. So why don't you tell us why you love pediatric nursing? Well, to begin, I love kids any age. They just like brighten my heart. (laughs) I have three of my own, but honestly, when I, you know, first started working in pediatrics, I didn't have any children. I wasn't a mom, but I took care of my little sister when my mom had her when I was 18 years old. So I helped take care of her. I just, you know, I've always loved kids. Even in high school, I would volunteer here and there, but you know, initially I didn't start in pediatrics as a nurse, but I always wanted to do pediatrics. So where did you start? So when I began my nursing, I guess career, you could say, I initially started as a CNA and I worked on a med surge. So it was the transitional care unit that was located on 3 West. So I was a CNA and then I, you know, became an LVN. But I always wanted to work in pediatrics, and I always looked to see if they had any openings because peds was where I wanted to be. And at that time, there was never any openings. Nurses didn't leave peds. So that told me, job. (laughs) (laughs) So then I worked. um, So I did have some med surge, and then I saw an opening for peds, and I was so ecstatic. I was like, oh, yes, I want to work on peds. And I did have a good experience one time when I floated over to the NICU many, many, many years, I think in like 97, 98, I can't even remember. Mm. And I remember the the NICU nurses were so fabulous and just working with these little babies. That was like my first experience. And I was like, yes, I want to work peds. And then a couple of months later, then the opening for pediatrics opened and I jumped on that. But I worked nights, so it was a day shift position. I was like, I don't care. I just want to work on pediatrics. I'll do anything to get in. <laughs> wow. I remember that. So you came to peds as an LVN. Is that right? Yes, I did. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so once you graduated as an RN, 
you stayed in Pete's, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. So doing adult nursing and pediatric nursing, tell our audience, because probably people have done one or the other, but not both. And I've never done adult nursing. So what are some of the differences? Well, I think it just depends on the on the age population of the patient. I worked on that transitional care unit, so there was a lot of elderly, and they just lightened my heart. They're so sweet and so appreciative, some of them. <laughs> but the majority, you know, they were just very, you know, you go in there and you help turn them, you help the CNAs do their, you know, activities of daily living. And so when I was working with the elderly, that's why I was like, oh, you know, there's just so, you know, the population probably 60 and above at that time, you know, mm-hmm. but now we see younger, but as an adult, you know, med search nurse, it was, you know, just seeing, um, they're, first of all, I feel like they're appreciative of what you're, you know, that you're there taking care of them. And then when, you know, you help do, you know, turn them, get them up to the restroom and, you know, they're always so, you know, oh, I don't mean to bother you, but, you know, you're like, no, this is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. So um, the difference from adult med surge or adult patients to pediatric patients, when you're in the pediatric population, I feel like um, it's the parents or the caregiver at the bedside that are there. And they're the ones that, you know, they're, they're your second patient, not just a pediatric patient, but the caregiver at the bedside. So you're also taking care of them. And I feel like they're the ones that are letting you know, oh, thank you so much. And they're the ones that, you know, thank you for everything you've done when, you know, just that's just the difference that I see, you know, sure. from adults to peds. Yeah. Well, I love mm-hmm. how you describe the parent as like the second patient, because it's so true, right? Like they come as, as a couple, they, you know, Kids don't come alone. They come with their parents. And so talking about that, how do you gain the trust of the parent in usually just a very short period of time? Well, all the years that I've worked on peds, you know, I've learned that a parent or a caregiver, they know their child. You know, it doesn't matter how many years of experience I have, but I always listen to them and I give them I always let them know, you know, you know, your child, you tell me, what is it that you saw that, you know, worried you? Do you see your child? Is this how they are at home? So by you having that open question for them, you know, just letting them know that, you know, you did the right thing, bringing your child to the hospital, or you did the right thing of getting worried about what's going on with your, your child, you know, it's a baby, it doesn't matter, they're 16 years old, it's still their child, you know? Mm-hmm. That's how I gain the trust, you know, the the caregiver, the parents at the bedside. Yeah, so really reinforcing their actions. Um, We see this in the NICU, and you have two because you floated there, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, Mm -hmm. you know, they need a ton of reassurance. Like they feel so kind of guilty just about everything. You know, they feel like if I brought my child in earlier, to the doctor, maybe he wouldn't be so sick and maybe he wouldn't have to be hospitalized. And so they're always second guessing themselves, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So they need a lot of encouragement from us. 
And I like how you said, like, they know their child. They know their child way better than we do. Yes. Um, And we have to trust that. And it's like, we're the eyes and ears. You know, we hear this when we talk about relationships between nurses and doctors. It's like, we're the eyes and ears of the patient. Uh, The doctors are there for a short period of time. Well, it's the same thing with the parents. The parents are the eyes and ears of the child. And, you know, like you said, they know them. And we need to really listen when the parent says something's wrong. This is not normal. Right. Exactly. You know, you're working closely with them. And like you said, they're there. We're 12 hour shifts, you know, we're in and out and we're taking care of our patients sometimes. And, you know, by the way, how they you know, their interaction, how involved they are with their child. So then you gain you as a nurse, you gain that trust on the parent, like, oh, okay, this parent knows what's going on there. They're holding their baby there. So as a pediatric nurse, you know, there's a lot of body language that we look at also and the support they have. That's so, so critical is that, yes. yeah, that nonverbal, right? It's like you yes. can get a feeling about something that is not right. And, you know, the other side of that is we have parents of kids that are admitted that maybe they're not on the up and up and we can tell that something's going on that, you know, maybe they don't really know their child that well because they haven't been present or there's like substance abuse issues or there's neglect issues and stuff like that. So that's the other side of it too. So how do you approach a family with those kind of social problems? You know, um, over the years, all these years in nursing, I'm guilty of being a little judgmental initially in nursing because, you know, you just, oh, no, oh, my gosh, look how, how they're acting, look how they are. And, but over the years, I, I, I tell myself, I don't know what kind of upbringing they've had. I don't know what kind of support they've had at home. For all I know, they, can, they could have been a foster child that they don't have that, you know, that mother role model, that grandmother role model, the father figure in their life. Or So I always, over the years, have learned to, you know what, I don't know where they've come from. I don't know the parent. I don't know their background. But here they are with their baby. So that's showing me that they're here at the bedside. Yeah, that is such a great point. Mm-hmm. That you're just kind of meeting them where they are. You're giving them the benefit of the doubt that they care for their child. They may not have the tools. They may not have the knowledge. They may not have the maturity, but they're there right. and they, they're showing concern and we need to respect that. Right. Sometimes what I see is like, oh, this is this is some education. There's going to be some education I need to do today, you know? Yes. There's some knowledge. Mm-hmm. Knowledge deficits, right? Exactly. <laughs> when we did our care plan, I was always like, that's so easy. I can always pick knowledge deficit. <laughs> so true. And sometimes I would question, is it my knowledge deficit or the parents' knowledge deficit? And it was usually <laughs> mine. <laughs> So true, Michelle. Right? 
Yes. Well, yes. what are some what are some pros and cons of pediatric nursing? Talk about some some of the great things of pediatric nursing. What I love about peds is that when you have an unstable ill child and the parents are so concerned and or the caregiver, you know, because sometimes now these days is not sometimes the parents, is the grandparents, foster parents. But um, true for me, my delight is when they get better and they improve. And now they're smiling at you anywhere from an infant to toddler to a teenager, you know, mm-hmm. they just, it's just, it makes my heart feel good when they're feeling better and you're like, okay, okay, we did a good job getting them, healing them. Yeah, it's so satisfying to see this child come in extremely ill and with the care they just turn around so quickly. And like right. you said, they're wanting to get out of bed and go to the playroom. And you're like, whoa, 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 <laughs> let's put the brakes on. And, you know, you need to rest a little bit. But yeah, that's very satisfying. What are yes. some of the things that you don't like about pediatric population or pediatric nursing? Well, to be honest, you know, the age group, you know, in peds, it's all about growth and development, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, over the years, you've learned that, you know, okay, this age group is my biggest, you know, obstacle. And saying that I dislike toddlers, <laughs> man. <laughs> they are a different breed, right? Oh, yes. So um, not that I dislike, not that it's, they're not the ones that make me dislike pediatric nursing but man sometimes (laughs) oh yeah we've we've all been there in the you know in the treatment room trying to place an IV yes uh, or do some procedure and you know it's so difficult because they they don't like like you said it's all about development and they don't understand what you're doing they sound like they're being tortured (laughs) Uh, you know, and they don't understand the concept of, you know, we're trying to do this to make you better. Right. Uh, so, and then they're very distrustful of you for the, yes, usually the rest of the hospitalization. (laughs) Every time you go in the room, they start crying. Or they hear your voice. Oh no, here comes that loud nurse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would echo that uh, that's a challenging age group. Yes. Um, I think my favorite age was like four and up. Yes. You know, when you could reason with them and you could bargain with them and, and they, they forgave a little bit easier. True. (laughs) Uh, So talking about treatments and procedures, Mm -hmm. new things come along all the time. And so how do you stay updated? How do you learn new treatments, new procedures? What's the process for you for that? Well, the process for me, okay, so the pediatric unit where I work, you know, at Kauia Health, it's an 11 bed, well, 12 bed if we cohort, right? Mm-hmm. Put two patients in room one. <laughs> yep. And so, yes, over the years, we've started to get a little more, chronic pediatric patients that we probably didn't see before. Mm. So 
for me, I always have, even though I've been here for so many years, but I don't know about this condition or, you know, what's the new treatment. And my go-to are the doctors, you know, some of these new pediatrician, you know, pediatric hospitalists that are just coming out of residency and learning. And, you know, sometimes they have, oh, this is how we, you know, we did this in, you know, Philadelphia Children's Hospital. And you're like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's a really good point for someone like me that has spent their whole career in one hospital. I guess that can be good. And it also can be bad because I've only had the experience of that hospital. I've only had the culture of that hospital. And so when we did start getting all these different physicians, like you said, all these, you know, younger, like fresh out of school and they came from like huge teaching universities, it kind of opened up our eyes to different things. Yes. Yeah. So along that line, you know, you mentioned the pediatric hospitalists, but uh, pediatric nurses work with a lot of different disciplines. So you guys work with social workers, respiratory therapists, and talk a little bit about how those different disciplines affect the care of the child. Well, I, I have learned over the years on peds that we're a team. You know, teamwork that includes the nurses, the registered nurses, the CNAs, you said the respiratory therapists, you know, when we have a social issue, yes, the, you know, our patient family services, social workers, so important to um, get them involved initially, right? That way, sometimes, you know, with the social workers, and it also depends on the pediatric patient that has been admitted you know, in the diagnoses. And sometimes, sometimes the diagnosis isn't one that we want to deal with, you know, getting a social worker to come, but sometimes you have to be so cautious. If you, you know, you need to get to know who's at the bedside with this, with the baby or with the pediatric patient, because let's say it's a motor vehicle accident, right? An MVA. And Mm -hmm. let's say the, the driver was driving under the influence or something, right? Mm -hmm. So now the mom's the one that's at the bedside. It was the father. And, you know, you're going to bring up, oh, well, now I'm going to have the social worker come talk to you. No, you can't, you can't approach them that in that way. You can't tell the parent because, you know, they're going to be like, oh, why? Mm -hmm. You know, so just being cautious of how you bring up the social worker when they're admitted, you know, we do that you know, patient family service console and, you know, get them involved, just, you know, give them the heads up, you know, hey, you know, we have this patient here for this reason. Mom's a little, you know, like, like we talked about, Michelle, that whole nonverbal, right? Mm -hmm. And you can tell by the body language, you know, just, you know, maybe don't come right now. Maybe if you can, you know, I'm just giving you the heads up. Um, And our social workers are so, you know, they're great when they, they know that us peds nurses are at the bedside. And so, you know, they always will, will meet before they go into the room to give them an update of what's going on with the plan of Karis. And sometimes just, and sometimes you might not want them to go on the first day of admission mm-hmm. because sometimes you can see that, you know, sometimes some parents can be challenging and they're like, 
what do you mean a social worker? Why? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. No, no. Just the collaboration. It's a lot of collaboration, a lot of teamwork. We all have to work as a team. 100%. I mean, it's, uh, there's so many people behind the scenes that touch patients in PEDS and NICU. And I know other units that the, the, the patients are not even aware of. So right. uh, it does take a lot. It takes a village, right? Um, yes. But like what you were saying about the timing is so important for really yes. any kind of education to take place because, you know, when, when, a, when a child is admitted to the NICU, it's, it's a traumatic event. Usually if they're sick enough and kids today are usually, they usually have to be pretty sick to be admitted. And so the parents are not really ready to accept speaking to different people. They might not be ready for education. And that's why we have to say things so many different ways and continually repeat ourselves. Right. Yes. Just lots and lots of education. And patience. <laughs> and patience. Yes. <laughs> patience for our patients. Uh, yes. Well, uh, when I was researching for our interview, I found uh, several pediatric nursing organizations. And there's so there's the Society of Pediatric Nurses, the American Pediatric Surgical Nurses Association, the Association of Pediatric Hematology Oncology Nurses and Pediatric Endocrine Society. And these were just a few. Mm -hmm. um, are you a member of a professional organization? Yeah. Yes. The Society of Pediatric Nurses. Okay. Awesome. I didn't yeah. even know about that one. So uh, these were all kind of new to me. What do you think are some of the benefits of being a member of a professional organization? Wow. Just the, just to begin, technology now is great, right? Mm -hmm. Technology. Cause when, and I'm sure with, when you first started nursing, we didn't have computers. Right. <laughs> it was all paper charting. <laughs> I remember. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, having to go to the library to search articles. Yep. In there. <laughs> right. So, um, just the, with the technology now, with being a member of a, you know, of a, you know, of a nursing organization, just clicking on the, you know, on the links, on the articles, on the evidence-based practice, because that is a big thing now. Mm -hmm. And just, and when you're a member of an organization like that, the, those articles are there for you and easily accessible, you know, to get on and to read. Yes. And then you, like you said, you get the specialized pediatric, all that research. Occasionally, you will have a patient in your care that uh, maybe they have a disease or a condition where they're, they're going to pass away. And so I know that you have palliative care nurses that are pediatric palliative care nurses. And so tell me about their role in pediatric nursing. So I honestly have so much respect for palliative, especially pediatrics. 
remember Dr. Um, David and Kelani sign. And when they first came to Cuya Health now, and they brought their hospitalist program. And um, they introduced us to a lot of new diagnoses. <laughs> mm-hmm. To where we were like, oh, wow. And just, you know, I bring up Dave Sign because he was such a, he's such a patient advocate. And he's so involved with pediatric hospice and palliative care. I remember the first patient. So palliative care nurses, that's a different, you know, it takes a lot, you know, to be, to be able to deal with a, you know, a pediatric patient that is in hospice or palliative care, right? And um, that was a challenge for me when um, I first worked on peds, you know, because I wasn't a mom. And um, I remember taking care, Dr. Science sent over a patient that was, you know, hospice and, you know, he was admitting them because the parents, you know, were taking, they thought they wanted their baby to, you know, have him at home when he passed away. And I give him big respect, anybody that can deal with, you know, having a loved one die at home. So I remember getting that call from Dave and, you know, he was bringing in this baby, you know, to die in the hospital. Does, you know, I dealt with death working in adult med surge or, you know, the transitional care unit, did postmortem care as a CNA. But here I am now, you know, an RN working beside another RN. And now it's, I honestly was so happy that it wasn't my patient because I was like, oh my gosh, you know? And mm-hmm. so, so much respect because that day was a long day, just, just, you know, trying to comfort the parents and see what they need. And, you know, we, you talked about this earlier about the whole reassuring this, the you know, reassuring the parents and, and I just got comfortable just, you know, letting them know, well, you know, the alarm's you know, look at him, don't look at the alarm, it's, you know, and, you know, sometimes they don't know what we mean by, like, oh, he's not desatting, oh, no, he's not Brady, like, you don't use those words, so just letting them know, it's okay, let's do this, let me help you reposition him, so as the shift, you know, more into the shift, it just got a little easier, that's a very, it was, it was a very tough day. Yes, if, if you've been a pediatric nurse for any length of time, you have experienced the death of a child, and it's devastating. Mm-hmm. And we were so lucky, and you are still very lucky to have uh, Linda as the clinical nurse specialist. And she's so good at the debrief procedure. But just talk a little bit about what, what that procedure is and why it's so important for healthcare providers. The debrief procedure, when they pass away, you know, you always want to make sure that, you know, you don't ask them in the moment, you know, what mortuary or what funeral home their their child's going to go to, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not something you want to talk about right there in the moment. So that's something that you should already have on hand. And just making sure this is where collaborative, you know, having our social worker at the bedside, chaplain, 
definitely getting them involved. But then you have to ask them if they even want a chaplain. And been I've been lucky that they do, you know, sometimes. And they'll say, well, I, I never go to church, but yeah, sure, you know. But this is devastating for them. And sometimes they're just reaching out for comfort, for that emotional support. So, you know, getting PFS and getting the chaplain involved and just being there and just providing them with comfort and sometimes not even saying a word, just listening and just being your presence sometimes is important also. Yes, absolutely. Again, you know, going back to the nonverbal, just somebody sitting with you and not saying anything, maybe holding your hand or just sitting near you. Yes. It's it's so comforting. And I think as nurses and just people in general, we always want to, we want to do something, we want to say something, but sometimes the situation just calls for quiet and just a, a gentle approach. Yes. And I think it's so important uh, what Linda does with the debriefing. She's comforting the caregivers in a way, the the healthcare providers. Yes, because a lot a lot of times healthcare providers have a lot of guilt about you know not being able to resuscitate a child. Yeah, and so we talk about all of that, mm-hmm. and it's just really helpful to go through the whole scenario again, what, what went well, what do we need to improve on? Like those procedures are so important. Yes. And sometimes the debriefing might not be right there and then, because it just depends on how emotional, you know, or how the nurses are taking it. Right. You know, we've had debriefing before, you know, we'll touch base, like, you know, sometimes the nurses or even the doctors have to step away. They step away and sometimes the debriefing will do it like the next day or later in the, you know, shift whenever everyone has maybe gathered, you know, their themselves. Right. Sometimes it's even a few days later because, um, you know, the CNS needs to kind of get all the information together and then she gets all the you know the healthcare providers there so yeah it definitely can take a um, a few days right. or more to go through that procedure but it's critical yes let's switch gears for a moment and i want you to talk a little bit about the up and down nature of the peds census and kind of what peds nurses go through in terms of when the census is really high and when the census is really low. <laughs> Sorry, but I don't mean to laugh because this is the. Oh, it's, it's, it's our life as a Pete's nurse, right? Oh yes. And we talk about it and gripe about it pretty much constantly. Yes. Oh yeah. You know, the girls probably hate when I say we've always floated in Pete's. It's not mm-hmm. something new. But, you know, yeah, when the census is high on pediatrics, adult nurses are scared to come and help peds. They're afraid of peds patients. (laughs) Yep. As we are of adults. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. 
Yeah. It's a two-way street, right? Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, yeah, because I remember when we had to float out to the house, you know, those nurses that have worked med surge were like, oh, all right. But then the nurses that have never been on a med, you know, or taking care of adult patients, you know, but I totally get it. But yeah, when the census is high, man, we're just sometimes just reaching out. Can anyone just come and help us, you know, sit at the desk? Sit at the desk. Gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we just had someone stationed at the desk 24-7. We would be happy, right? Yes, exactly. Yep. Answer the phone. Answer the doorbell. Just get them some water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then uh, so when the census was low, you wonderful folks would float over to us in the NICU. Oh, yeah. And we absolutely loved having you there. Thank you so much. I love the NICU. That would be my second home. (laughs) And, you know, certain nurses feel more comfortable there. Mm -hmm. Some of them don't feel super comfortable there. And that's just, I think that goes wherever, you know, wherever you are. But definitely being a peds nurse for 18 years We did a lot of floating when the census was down. And then when the census was up, it's exactly like you said, uh, not a lot of people could float to us because we're such a specialized unit. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and I always try to be, look at it in a positive way. We're keeping up our skills because, you know, in pediatrics, we take care of two day olds, three day olds. Sure. You know. Premature, you know, preemies, ex preemies that now are three months, four months old, or even a year. And I always looked at it like, you know, this is keeping up our skills, is keeping up our, you know, our knowledge. What's the new thing going on in the NICU, or, or even on the postpartum floor? You know, taking well, you know, care of the well babies, and been up with the, you know, you know, doing the hepatitis B injections, and mm-hmm. you know, the TCB Billy tool, and the, you know, this. The CHDs, you know, so a lot of times it's like PKUs. (laughs) Yep. Well, talking about skills and keeping skills up. So if I'm a nurse and I want to go into pediatrics, you know, what kind of education do I need? I mean, I know I can go in right from school. Mm -hmm. What kind of orientation do I get? So, um, you know, I've mentored, precepted, mentored new hires. And, yes. you know, I can always, if even to have a little bit of background babysitting as teenagers <laughs> or being a nanny, I can tell when they, they come on peds and I'm orienting because sometimes I can see how they don't have, you know, you don't have to explain to them how to hold a baby. Sometimes I can tell the ones that have been around children because they comfort them in a certain way. And, um, just, you know, the, the skills, definitely the IV, inserting an IV anywhere from an infant, because, you know, we take care of all these different age groups, anywhere from two day old to 17 years old. And mm-hmm. just, you know, the skills of inserting an IV to these tiny little veins and their eyes are just like, how am I going to do that? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, the IVs are always a challenge. Because I remember always looking up to you, Michelle, and to Linda, like, oh, my gosh, we need an IV on this little three-day-old. And here you guys come. Like, okay, <laughs> you guys would get it. And I'm like, wow. 
just experience right exactly yeah yeah and now you're the one that they go to monica we need an iv oh and you make it look easy <laughs> i never thought i would get to that point when i first started right i don't you don't you're just like oh wow but you know what drives me is like you know we need to get this iv because we need we need to get this baby better you know yeah. this baby's sick and we need to do what we need to do to make them feel better. So. Absolutely. Uh, what's your take on being a certified nurse? First of all, are you certified in pediatrics? Yes, I am. Yes, I and am. How do you feel about that certification? Do you feel like there are benefits? Oh yeah. I feel like. Yeah. You know, and I'm proud because that was a big accomplishment. <laughs> it is. Yes. Yeah. That test was almost like the NCLEX. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Just the preparation. And that's where, you know, how you were asking me about, you know, what society, the society of pediatric nurses, they being a member, they really encourage, you know, getting certified and they have, you know, incentives, not incentives, but like, um, you know, they have where they will help, you know, they'll send you educational material. So to prep you, to get you on board, to get certified. And, and I think it was, you know, a couple of us were the first ones to get certified on peds and, um, you know, for in the pediatric, you know, certified pediatric nurse. And, mm-hmm. with you know, Carrie really encouraged, you know, really drove us to, nope, we need, you know, we really want to have the nurses become certified because it, it's a big accomplishment. It makes you feel, you know, okay, I guess I do know my stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it says it says a lot. It says that you're at the top of your game. I think when parents see that, they feel more confident, I guess. Uh, Some of them might not know what it is. I remember some parents asking me, what is the RNCNIC? What what are all those letters, you know? And I just would say, you know, oh, that that just means that I'm certified to be the best in neonatal care. And uh, they, I think they really appreciated that and liked that. Yes. But there's there's tons of benefits to that. Oh yeah, yep. And I and I feel like mm-hmm. it makes them feel more like oh, they do know how to take care of my baby, <laughs> right? Yeah, especially it's, because it's a small hospital, small pediatric floor. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just gives them more confidence. I think. Right. Right. Well, I wanted to talk for a moment about uh, your daughter Vanna, and she is a sweetheart. Oh, and you. I've, yeah, I've gotten to know her through seeing you guys on Facebook and everything. And I know that she's a newly diagnosed diabetic. And I just wanted you to talk for a moment about that in terms of being a mom first, right? Of a child with a, a chronic illness, mm-hmm. and then being a nurse, right? Um, what are your feelings on that? Wow. You know, when she got diagnosed December 2021, it changed, you know, of course, our family, right? And not just that, but the way, you know, I've always listened to the parents and I've always like, okay, they know they're a child. But like for me, it opened my eyes to be these parents have been sitting in the ER for how long? You know, for us, it's like, oh, it's only been six hours. It's only been. I was able, I was on the other end 
sitting in the ER and, you know, she got diagnosed. It, it wasn't, what is it, like an incidental finding? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought it was a cellulitis that she had on her left elbow, swelling up to her shoulder throughout the days. And, you know, being a pediatric nurse and a mom, sometimes you're like, oh, you'll be fine. You know, oh, that's just a fever. I'll just give you, you know, mm-hmm. we kind of downplay, right? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's one of our downfalls of being a nurse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um but you know when she got diagnosed, I just listened, you know, of course it's around this time of year when it's so busy and I had been working and then I remember her sending me a picture of look mom, look at this pimple on my elbow. And I'm like, "Okay, you are 10 years old." <laughs> You don't get pimples on your elbow, but don't pop it. And I ended up taking her to urgent care like two days later, just to, you know, listening to your mother instinct, just listening to your, the sixth sense, you know, I don't know, you know, as women have. <laughs> and um, so took her to quick care, you know, the PA saw her and said, oh, that, it just looked like a little cellulitis, you know, start her on some PO and antibiotics. I'm like, okay, good. All right good get the antibiotics but it was already like I would say 5 30 by the time we got out so I had to work the next day so my husband picked it up and he had started giving it to her and um I even looked at it and I was like oh I'm gonna draw a line because it looks like it's getting a little red but just to be cautious you know so then you know mark it you know we do marking the this is where my nursing came in I was like oh I'm gonna mark it oh Maybe I'll take a picture of it too, right? And um, I came home. It was on a Sunday after working 12, 13 hours. And I noticed that she was flushed, you know, her cheeks. And I was like, oh, Vanna, I go, do you feel hot? And I remember I had taken pictures of it like every day, starting like it was Thursday. And this happened after Thanksgiving. And, you know, and I was like, well, I mean, you need to give it time. And I checked her temperature and she was like 102. And I was like, oh, wow. Now this is now the red flags, right? I remember Dr. Vyadaris, our pediatric hospitalist, was on. And then I get a phone call. Maybe it was around 8 o'clock at night. And it was Dr. Vyadaris calling me on my cell phone. Mm -hmm. And so we talked. And he goes, you know what, Monica? How's her arm? And he goes, I saw the pictures, you know. You know, you want to make sure that, you know, it's not septic joint. And I was like, oh. Like, I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking just maybe like a cellulitis. He goes, how's she looking? I'm like, well, you know, she's 10. She's walking around. I go, but that that wound, I mean, he goes, is it draining? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, well, that's a good thing that it's draining. I'm like, okay. So, you know, just talking with him. And then Savannah heard me. You know, she was listening. She, you know, little ears hear everything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, well, and she goes, mommy. She goes, oh, do I have to go to the hospital? And then she starts crying. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. She goes, I don't want no pokes. Well, you know, because they hear me talk about, you know, right? They know what you do and they don't want to be part of it. Right. Yeah. Then she's like, "Uh uh-uh, because I hear what you say sometimes. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to let her calm down. I was so exhausted. And when she went to bed, you know, I just listened to my instinct. Michelle was like, you know what? You know, I got up early that morning. I packed a bag because I go, oh, you know, maybe on peds, you know, they'll admit her. Maybe she can get like two days of antibiotics, you know, our nursing comes in. 
Sure. Yeah. Get in and out and just get it over with. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, right. In the morning, I was like, nope, I got up and I got her ready. It was maybe like six in the morning. And I said, you know, we're going to go to the ER. And she wasn't as emotional. And she's like, why, mom? I said, well, because I need to look at your arm. Your arm isn't getting any better. So here I am having this, you know, talk with her how kind of like how I talk to my Pete's patients, you know, just to go to the ER because I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wait for the sit over here. And I remember Savannah looking at the vending machine going, mommy, can I have a Pepsi? <laughs> and I'm like, a what? <laughs> I'm like, Savannah, it's six in the morning, babe. I just really want a soda. I'm like, mm. you know, listening to myself. I'm like, no water, you know, and then, um. Yeah, as soon as we they took us in and yeah, and I remember the PA taking a look at her arm and she's like, This is infected. And then I went into mommy mode. I'm like, you know what? You do what you need to do. I'm here, I'm gonna support my daughter, be a mom and just, you know, distract her what we do on peds. <laughs> yeah. And um I remember that, you know, they drew blood and then they had us go to the intake area to another area and because they wanted to transfer her because she said, you know, no orthopedic. We don't have a Pete's orthopedic here. They're not going to touch her elbow, you know. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, you know, we're probably, we're going to have to transfer her. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, gosh, you know, to myself, because <laughs> I know it's a process. And and then um, I remember waiting and she came and she said, you know, the lab results are back and her CRP was like 300 and something. And I was like, oh, and she's like, yeah, and her WBCs were like 30 we really need to get her transferred. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, whatever needs, whatever needs to be done to take care of my daughter, whatever you need to do. And she's like, okay, there's another lab result, blood result that is worrying. And then she goes, well, it's her glucose. She goes, her glucose is 680. I was like, my heart dropped. And I was like, 680? And then I just hear Savannah. She goes, yeah, her sugar's really high. And then poor Vanna like, starts crying. She goes, mommy, does this mean I have diabetes? I was oh, like, wow. Yeah, Michelle. I was like, where does she know this? Yeah. And I was like, okay, Vanna, here I am dealing with, you know, my emotions went to the side, right? And I'm like, really? She goes, she does not look like the numbers, these results, you know, like looking at, you know, reading the lab results is like, you would think this kid looks septic, looks like they're going into DKA, like looks really bad, mm-hmm. you know? Anyway, so to getting back, make a long story short, that was the beginning of the journey that, you know, me and Vanna are, that we're in now. Yeah. I never. So it's almost been a year then. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so how is she doing now? She's doing good. She's, um, you know, we go to the endocrinologist of Bad Valley Children's and um, she goes in her phases, you know, she's 11 years old, preteen. And, you know, it's all about, you know, how her peers see her Mm -hmm. and wanting to fit in. So, you know, on that part, you know, just talking to her, just listening to her sometimes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, and how many, as Pete's nurses, we've taken care of a lot of diabetic kids and some of them her age, some of them teenagers and you know, they, they want to be part of the crowd. They want to do what their friends are doing. They want to drink Pepsi. They want to eat pizza. They don't want to take their medication. Yes. And so it's, it's challenging. And, you know, you're there as her mom, number one, and then you're also a nurse. So you have all the medical background behind you. 
in in terms of you know education and knowing what she needs but also being her mom and being emotionally attached to her and all that i i just could imagine the feelings oh yeah we're just all over the place mm-hmm. wow well i'm really glad to hear that she's doing better i have really enjoyed talking to you monica i i feel like you've given our audience such a such a glimpse into the life of a pediatric nurse and i sure appreciate that thank you michelle you know, it's all about, you know, being a peds nurse, you're also a teacher, educating yes. all the time. Yes, exactly. Lots and lots of education. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, at the end, we do this thing called the five-minute snippet. Mm-hmm. So are you ready for that? I am ready. I've heard this in the past, and I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It just, it, it's a great way for the audience to get to know the off-duty side of Monica. So, <laughs> so I'm going to start my timer and then I'll just start asking you some questions. Okay. okay? All right. Sounds okay. good. Okay. Do you have a favorite childhood memory? Yes. My grandparents. Oh, so nice. Yeah. Their grandparents are the best. Yes, they are. <laughs> Just wait till you get to be a grandparent. Oh, it's such a different. Oh, it's such a different relationship with you're like, I'll wait a while. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, I'm a clinical instructor, right, for peds nurses. But, you know. I don't know. I would love to do school nursing. Really? Okay. Yeah, school nursing. I mean, I just love those kids. Are you know what? Too a PE teacher. <laughs> oh my gosh! You certainly have the energy for that. <laughs> I could see you out there, like doing the jumping jacks and oh yeah, running and <laughs> how fun. <laughs> well, you'll have to look into the school nursing thing. Yeah, but that's a lot of paperwork. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm past that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. And let's see, room, desk, or car. What do you clean first? Well, my car. (laughs) Because we live in our cars, right? Yeah. You need a car to get to work. (laughs) That's right. Get around. Who cares cares about the desk or the room, right? (laughs) Well, you know, I have three dogs, three kids. They don't, you know, yeah. my room, this is where they come. And I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> You're like, my room is not my own. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. What do people ask for your help with? When they have questions about their children. <laughs> when they're sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is a good question. So do people in the community, like your friends and family and you know, just people in the community that maybe they know you're a peds nurse. Do they ask you like medical questions? You know, I think when, you know, I don't tell everyone I'm a nurse. Yeah. I don't tell them immediately because I know what comes along with it. <laughs> right. Right. But You're smart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I tell my husband, I'm never going to put RN on my license plate. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's funny. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite word? Um, practice makes perfect. (laughs) 
Oh, that's a good one. That's a good, that's good three words. Three words. That's a great, yeah. it's a great phrase. <laughs> it's not a, yeah. a one word, it's a three word. <laughs> My favorite word. Um, so when I was a peds nurse, the children in pediatrics that would come in that were Hispanic uh-huh. and they were Spanish speaking, I, I knew a little bit of Spanish and I would ask them how to say certain things like, como se dice balloon, you know, and they'd tell me bomba. Um, <laughs> And so one day this child was eating lettuce and I said, como se dice lettuce? And he said, lechuga. And that became my favorite Spanish word. I love that word. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just love the way it sounds. <laughs> uh, well, cute. I know you love the Central Coast. Oh, yes. And I go there a lot. And tell me what it does for your soul. Wow. Just the open space the water, the calm, depending where you're at, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just makes the, the fresh breeze, the fresh air. Oh, I just love it. And the sun, <laughs> the sunshine. And the cool air when it's 108 over here in the valley, right? Yes, yes, that too. <laughs> yes. Well, so our last question, we have about 40 seconds. Um this one I thought was really interesting. And I know that you're a woman of faith. So uh, it says, if heaven exists, what would you love to hear God say when you arrive? You're home. Ah, I love that. Mm -hmm. You're home. Welcome home. Yes. Because I feel when you're home, you see all your loved ones. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what. This has just been such a joy for me to talk to you. And I know our listeners have just been as enamored with you as I am. So thank you so much, Monica, for coming on and talking with us today about what it is to be a peds nurse. Well, thank you, Michelle. I felt so honored when you asked me to be part of your podcast. You're an amazing, amazing woman. You have... During you know during all the time that you were on peds, you taught me so much. And I, when I would see you, I would say, "I want to be like her when I grow up." <laughs> oh my gosh, that's like the the hugest compliment that that somebody could give me. So thank you, Monica. Oh well, thank you, thank you so much for having me on. You have a good rest of your day. Thank you, Michelle. You too. Same. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye.